0: Oh, there's never anything on this
1: time of night. <laughs>
0: Oh, you didn't know? It's me, it's me, it's that D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James, and you're listening on the SNS Radio Network, and if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you: suck it. Hey, this is that, Billy Gunn. My name is Armando Alejandro Estrada. ha. <sighs> Hey, it's Rotor Animal. Oh, what a rush.
2: Yo, monkeys,
0: it's me, TTP, the king of Bada Bing, the master of the diamond cutter, the three time, three time, three time world champion. And you, or you monkey, stay tuned or you will feel. Bang.
2: I am the genius, full of glory and renown, Lanny Powell.
3: Well,
0: what's up all you friends and sirs? This is Marianne. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame, 2011, on SNS Radio Network. See ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya.
4: The world is listening. listening.
0: Mankind, my work here is nearly at its end, as is your existence on this earth. All that's left to do is to build this grave. With your rotting, maggot-infested carcass, you won't have a nice day, and you sure won't rest in peace. This is the
4: main event!
0: Whatcha gonna do? who i am the game oh my god what i'd like to have right now rest in peace be the man you gotta are you ready? Everyone has a price for the million dollar man. I have wine and dined with kings and queens. Damn. The heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels has left the building. You think you know me? Oh, you didn't know! Ah, I come here to fight. Sandy innovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer.
5: Welcome, fans. Your host ring announcer Sean Beckerman is proud to present the show that takes you back in time, bringing you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So get ready to go Beyond the Bell on the SNS radio network, as well as archive at beyondthebell.podbean.com. BTB fans, get ready for Volume 4 of our Epic Encounter Series here on the SNS Radio Network. This week, we have a great show for you fans lined up as we have two spectacular rivalries to go through, one of which was a fan recommendation, which I cannot wait to go over, and that is the feud between Nick Bockwinkle and Kurt Henning from the AWA. And then in the main event, we'll look back at one of the most brutal and storied rivalries of all time. The feud between Mankind and The Undertaker. Two great rivalries this week on Beyond the Bell Epic Encounters Series. So let's get to it. Buckle up, fans. It's go time. Our opening matchup features Kurt Hedding versus Nick Bockwinkle from the AWA. Kurt Henning went to the AWA to hone his craft. For many years, Henning toiled away in the AWA, eventually becoming one of their greatest stars of all time. In January of 1986, he and Scott Hall won the AWA tag team titles from Jim Garvin and Steve Regal. They held the belts for about five months before losing to Buddy Rose and Doug Summers. Then the two went back to singles careers in the AWA. During the early years of the 1980s, Nick Bockwinkle and the AWA World Heavyweight Championship would have been mirrored in controversy. On July 19th of 1980, Nick Bockwinkle was defeated by former and seven-time AWA champion Vern Gagne in Chicago, Illinois. Shortly after regaining the AWA world title... Vern announced his retirement from professional wrestling, and the AWA Heavyweight Championship was awarded to the to the number one contender, then Nick Bonkw- Nick Bockwinkle, on May 19th of 1981. This move infuriated wrestling fans throughout the American Wrestling Association, and solidified Nick Bockwinkle as the most despised wrestler in the AWA. But the controversy surrounding Nick Bockwinkle. A.W.A. President Stanley Blackburn and the A.W.A. title would continue to grow.
2: Get him and get a comment. Stanley. Stanley. Nick Bakwiko. Commissioner Blackburn. The announcement again. You are holding the championship belt. We're going to hold the championship belt so the committee can look at the tape, the film of it, and then we'll make the decision. But as of right now, neither man is champion. So we do not have a champion in the not, AWA right now. Not at the moment. It won't take but a couple of days to review the review the film, but, but as of right now, no champion. All right, you have heard from the commissioner. Nick Mockwickle. Nick Champ. Whether or not the word champ still Thank pertains, you. I am Thank not you. sure. The belt
1: is being held by Stanley Blackburn. How do you see all of this? All I know is my life went out. Now, I was taking the best that this man had to offer. And I mean, I got a good butt kicking, but I hung in there and I stayed in there. And his 10 or 15 years junior to me didn't seem to make that damn much difference. So I'll say one thing. All of a sudden, my lights go out. Now, I don't think anything of this, except what? He caught the greatest Sunday punch he ever had, and then all of a sudden, everybody's saying, Sabisco, of all people, slipped something to Kurt Henning. I don't see this, and as I understand, it's questionable how many other people saw it, but they're questioning it to begin with. I can only say one thing. Then, Ray Stevens, as I noticed, pulls Zabisco's hand out of his pocket, and the roll of dimes, falls him there. Well, I'll tell you what. I don't like the fact that nobody's got the title, but I will go along with it, only in this sense. We'll see if Zabisco and Henning, who seem to be newfound friends. Kurt oh. Henning and Nick Bockwinkle
2: going at each other, right in front of me. Crippler Stevens is there as the championship belt is being held by the commissioner. Larry Sabisco. That is a wealthy man. Why would he carry a roll of dimes or quarters or whatever it was around in his pocket? I don't have an answer to that, Ray the Crippler Stevens. Gary Derusha has made his decision. The belt is again in the hands of the commissioner, Stanley Blackburn you. The words of I guess we have to call him the champion until otherwise we'll see if we can get Kurt Hennig down here. Kurt there is no champion. There is no champion right now. Gary Derusha. The words of Gary Derusha, the referee. I know this is a very, very difficult time for you to talk, Kurt Hennig. What happened? Did everybody saw what happened? I'll ask you flat out. Did Larry Zabisco give you something? Larry Zabisco had nothing to do with this match. The referee just in. as far as he's concerned, Kurt Hennig is the heavyweight champion of the world. You saw it. One, two, three. Here's the Henry authority. According to him, no, just Kurt Hennig made up. Just a I know Parker I is on a of silver platters for his round and friends. Gentlemen, just, just as of the heavyweight champion of the world. And that's Kurt Hennig. The decision was one, two, three in the middle of the ring, and I got nothing else to say, Winkle But I am the heavyweight champion of the world and you know it. Kurt Hennig, Larry Sabisco. And we see off to our right, Gary Garisha. I'm the number one contender. I want to know who's the champion. Well I, I saw with my
0: eyes Kurt Henning beat Nick Blackwinkle. Where did you get the Hey, you got money you on your right? What the hell's the problem? I don't the problem know. is Blackburn is going to try to figure out a way to
2: rob someone else on a Bockwinkle's title. It should be mine. It should be his. Larry Zabisco. You've heard from Larry Zabisco. You've heard from Kurt Hennig. You've heard from Nick Bockwinkle. You've heard from Commissioner Stanley Blackburn, Ray the Crippler Stevens, and Gary DeRusha. Wow, a decision will be made in a few days as to where the championship belt will go. Either Bachwinkle or Kurt Hennig. Right now, there is no champion of the AWA at this particular moment. Rod Trimgaard from the Cow Palace in San Francisco we'll be right back.
5: All the fans hated Bachwinkle for being the, the man that just was given the title and didn't earn it. Similar to Triple H, uh being granted the World Heavyweight Championship from Eric Bischoff when he officially had the brand split and had two separate world champions. Kurt Henning scored the biggest victory of his then eight-year career when he won the AWA Heavyweight title from Nick Bockwinkle on May 2nd, 1987 in San Francisco, California at Super Clash 2.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, we are going to present a very special segment this week on AWA Championship Wrestling, and the key phrase is championships. We're going to take a look at all the title changes that we have had, and there have been many. There have been several, and there has been controversy surrounding each and every one of them. We need to start with the king of them all, and of course that is Kurt Henning. Now you know, and I know, that Kurt Henning won the world championship under very, very suspicious means. But that doesn't matter. He's got the title. He has defended it all over the world. And he has managed to keep the
5: world championship. You've got to give Kurt Henning his due. He is the top dog. In Kurt, Kurt H- received a roll of coins from Larry Zbysko, ducked out in a, in a tuxedo, to knock out Bockwinkel. He knocked him out cold to win the bout and the AWA championship, which cemented Henning's full-fledged heel turn. It was babyface versus babyface. Henning was getting so frustrated that he could not beat Bockwinkle. The heel turn was inevitable. You saw it happening and it was such a great and slow build to that turn of Kurt Henning. Nick Bockwinkle was ready to retire and Henning, after all these years, had finally been chosen as Nick's successor.
2: I want to go back to the dressing room area now and talk to a man who is the heavyweight champion of the world. He has never been at a loss for words in his life and I'm sure that's exactly how we'll find Kurt Henning this time. You know, a lot of people have been asking me the question, having Medusa Magelli in your corner, do you think it was the right decision? Well, a week has passed, and I'm going to tell you people, I definitely made the right decision. In fact, we're going to be doing a little bit of traveling together, Medusa. Why don't you tell them where we're going to be going? We will be in Canada, New York, Pittsburgh. Kurt and I will be defending our titles in my hometown, Milan, Italy. Wow, I can't wait to get over to Italy. I'm sure there's a lot of secret spots you can show me over there, Medusa. What I'm telling you people is, let's get down to business and what's really at hand here. Let's talk about the competition here in the AWA. And we're going to be traveling all over the world to defend these belts. Now, whether it be in Canada, whether it be in Pittsburgh, it doesn't matter, see? There's guys like Wahoo McDaniel, there's guys like Baron Von Raske, and there's one guy named Greg Gagne, who will never get a title match, and the Rock and Roll Express, no matter who it may be, Anybody wants a top shot? Work your way up the ladder because we're the top and we're looking
5: down on everybody else. AWA booked a grudge match between Zabisco and Bachwinkle, which saw Zabisco injure Nick at the end of the bout. Bachwinkle only wrestled a few more matches after his bout with Zabisco. Larry claimed on television he retired Bachwinkle, which actually wasn't the case. Zabisco would rant on his television interviews that he was he was indeed the living legend of professional wrestling because he retired Bruno Sammartino and Nick Bockwinkle. That was Larry's story, and he was sticking to it. Looking back on it now, Kurt Henning, you can say, was an Excellent choice by Varangania to replace Dick Bockwinkle as AWA Kingpin. Henning was relatively young at age 29. Kurt had improved his wrestling skills immensely over the years and now had the ability to carry a less than average wrestler to a watchable and entertaining match. Henning was up-and-coming star with a tremendous upside. The only question about Henning as champ was whether the AWA could establish a heel persona for Henning that would make fans pay to see Kurt defend the championship, very similar to Nick Bockwinkle. You know, the AWA in in the mid-'80s had a lot going on. After the debacle, which fatefully sent Hogan and other talents to the WWF, talent was raided and dissipated from the AWA, Gagne's AWA had to rely on the thinning pool of talent. Enter, like we said, Kurt Henning. Luckily, Nick Bockwinkle, at age 52, was still able to perform at an incredibly high level and helped elevate the young second-generation ring natural, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. The two feuded over the championship in great matches, and I truly feel that Bachwinkle set up Henning to become the star that he is, or was, uh, to this very, to his passing, Kurt Henning was, you, you can see a lot of Nick Bockwiggle in Kurt Henning. It's well worth the effort, I'd say, to go seek out the bloody time limit draw from the ESPN broadcast taped at the Showboat in Las Vegas, as well as, like we said, the Super, 2, uh, Super Clash 2 contest. I can think of no finer example of a rivalry between one generation and another that gave us so much quality wrestling. If you listen to Mr. Perfect's promos, very similar cocky style as Nick Bockwinkle. Bockwinkle loved to have that arrogant persona to him, and Kurt Henning definitely displayed that with the Mr. Perfect character. But I truly believe that Kurt Henning's success would needs to be attributed to this feud with Nick Bockwinkle. And I really feel that Mr. Perfect would not have been born if it wasn't for AWA champion, Nick Bockwinkle.
3: I wrestled Curt Henning in Las Vegas at the, uh, was then the Showboat Hotel. And in an hour match, and he wound up with about 12 stitches in the last five minutes of the match. And when people ask me about Curt Henning, I have to say that he's one of the finest young athletes in the profession. And now he's an experienced seasoned veteran. And I still think he's one of the finest talents in the profession. Got the heritage of second generation, much like myself, and uh, 245 pounds and uh, very well cut, very well conditioned and put together. Uh, I would love to see him get the opportunity uh, in the WWF uh, or whatever organization he's going to be with to do his thing. And uh, I can't praise the man uh, enough uh, as far as my respect and admiration for his talent and his ability and, and what I know he can do in the ring.
5: Time to pay some bills, and when we return, we take a look at the storied rivalry between The Undertaker and Mankind. So buckle up, fans. Beyond the Bell continues on the SNS Radio Network. Promotional consideration paid for by the following.
4: Unforgiving. Unrelenting. Sheer punishment. No place to run. No place to hide. It's a match that terrorizes opponents, leaving them battered, brutalized, hopeless. The Cage Match. Now, here's your chance to own the devastating collection and the greatest Cage Matches of all time with 24 vicious battles of unedited action from NWA, AWA, WCCW, WCW, and Never before released encounters on DVD. One of the most dangerous matches ever. The greatest team matches of all time. Own the unedited collection now. You know, nobody
2: likes partying more than the rockers. But the party's
0: over when you start smoking. That's right, rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling. Doesn't include smoking. Be a survivor.
4: Don't smoke. Headlocks to headlines.com.
0: Wrestling is my life. I mean, ever since I was a little teeny holster, my dad used to take me to watch wrestling in Tampa, Florida. I grew up with it. I vicariously lived through it. I wanted to be a wrestler. It's all I ever wanted to be. When I step in that squared circle, I'm in the moment. That's all I care about. That's all I focus on. It's so simple to understand, so simple for people to dive in and just forget all their cares and everything that's going on in the world and live through Impact Wrestling. We bring wrestling back the way it should be. It's the conflict in the world. It's good versus evil. It's all things to all men and women. You get a chance to step out of your normal lives and vicariously live through Impact Wrestling. Wrestling matters here at Impact Wrestling.
5: Welcome back, wrestling fans, to BTB on the SNS Radio Network. Throughout the history of wrestling, one thing we have always appreciated and paid attention to was rivalries. If we didn't have rivalries, there would not be a wrestling business. We always love feuds involving a good guy and a bad guy. We have seen rivalries that have shaped wrestling organizations for years to come. We will discuss Piper and Hogan on a future uh, Beyond the Bell, Triple H, and The Rock. And probably the most compelling feud of all time, we discussed, Austin and McMahon. Which, realistically, is a wrestler versus boss feud. However, when you look at any rivalry that have the terms bizarre and twisted next to them, there is truly only one rivalry that beats them all. A rivalry that was enjoyed by all WWE fans everywhere a rivalry truly one-of-a-kind the undertaker versus mankind it all seemed
0: like such a shame we engaged in some of the most brutal contests this sport has ever known but i couldn't help feeling that when it was all said and done the undertaker never really knew me at all. Do you know what it feels like to sit on an airplane with the stench of your own charred flesh and your nostrils for 14 hours? Because I do. And it makes me sick. Do you know what it feels like to walk inside your home and your wife says what is burning and it's me I needed to introduce you to my life and for those people out there who find it hard to believe that someone like mankind could ever receive holy matrimony I can only say to you up your damn TV set watch another wrestling program because I am dealing with reality a real life undertaker where my children wake up to the sounds of gunfire where white trash bombard my house with rocks and chants die, mankind die when my three year old girl says to me keep me safe daddy keep me safe I look into her beautiful little eyes and I say I can't do that because daddy's on the road 300 nights every year working on his 17th concussion being spit on by vile scum in undertaker t-shirt wrestling main events for half the money that pumped up pretty boys making the opening match you ask me for excuses I don't have any when you're mankind you only need
6: reasons well tell me this no matter how disfigured The Undertaker may be when we see him on April the 20th what kind of match can we expect from Mankind and The Undertaker for the richest prize in the WWF
0: When Oswald shot Kennedy, he was insane. But still we watch the reruns again and again. We all sit glued while the killer takes aim. Hey, Bob, there goes the priestess of the president's prey. We cannot throw the Christians to the lions anymore. There are no more public hangings. The closest we have is the Undertaker and mankind. If you thought the fireball was bad, I implore any women and families who love their children, don't order the pay for you Because I will not be held morally responsible. But I will not stop until the entire audience smells your charred flesh feels sick to their stomach until you are nothing but a random pile of body parts and I kid myself not this could very well be my last match but I have my reservation in the emergency room and I've gone through the trouble of making one for you because by the time we're done, Uncle Paul, unveil the present, you're going to need this because we are going to look like You think about that when you breathe your last breath as heavyweight champion of the world.
2: The presence of the Undertaker being felt by mankind.
0: must spend eternity paying Will your crimes. I will soon open the vault of souls in a un- the darkness.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, Raw as war continues, mankind. The Undertaker versus Mankind. No two superstars ever played more mind games, had more memorable moments, or faced each other more times on pay-per-view, Monday Night Raw, or SmackDown, more times than The Undertaker and Mankind. These two men fought each other more times than any other superstars, including six times on pay-per-view. Those six pay-per-view matches were all classics and immensely memorable, along with several other moments in this rivalry that made it so special. Mankind vs. The Undertaker is one of the greatest feuds of all time. The date is April 1st, 1996, the night right after the man from the dark side, The Undertaker, defeated Big Daddy Cool Diesel at WrestleMania twelve. Diesel leaving to go to WCW on that night. The Undertaker would have never expected to meet his equal that he would be battling for the next two years. For weeks, WWF fans saw videos of a strange and deranged individual sitting in a sewer infested with rats, bashing himself in the head and pulling his own hair out. His name was Mankind, a wrestler with a scarred and battered body, three fingers on one hand, one leg longer than the other. This man enjoyed pain and punishment. I use the term man loosely, this monster. And undoubtedly, the toughest opponent, I bet, and I can, I feel full-heartedly, the Undertaker has ever fought in his career. The rivalry begins on that day of April 1st, 1996, when The Undertaker fought Justin Hawk Bradshaw, now called JBL as we know him, know and love him, I should say, when all of a sudden, mankind comes out of nowhere and begins to inflict punishment on the man from the dark side, including putting his bizarre submission hold on him by sticking his fingers down his throat. The Mandible Claw debuted. Week after week, Mankind continued to torment The Undertaker, attacking him from uh, backstage, from behind, outside in the locker room, and then at the May pay-per-view in your house, beware of dog, The Undertaker was taking on Goldust for the Intercontinental title in The Undertaker's specialty match, a casket match. And right when it looked like The Undertaker was about to put Goldust in the casket and make him rest in peace to win the match... The Undertaker opened up the lid and out popped Mankind and slapped on the Mandible Claw on Taker and stuffed him in the casket and coasting, and basically costing him the match and the Intercontinental Championship. That set up the first official meeting between these two superstars on June twenty third, 1996 at the King of the Ring pay-per-view. The match was a brutal first encounter that lasted almost 20 minutes. The moment of this match you could say, was when it seemed that The Undertaker was about to win with the tombstone, Mankind reversed it into the Mandible Claw. At the same time, Undertaker's manager, Paul Bearer, climbed onto the ring apron to try to help The Undertaker. As The Undertaker ran towards the turnbuckle to shake off Mankind, Paul Bearer raised his trademark urn to hit Mankind, but Mankind ducked, and Paul hit The Undertaker instead by accident. Or did he? Mankind reapplied the mandible claw on an unconscious Undertaker and won the match. Mankind won, Undertaker zero. Look
0: out! Look out! Look out! Down below! Oh my God!
6: I'll
0: make every night of your life! Mankind
6: is marrying the Undertaker!
0: The longest one you've ever known! Mankind trying to steal Undertaker off in that casket. What you've done, Mankind... Beating that casket with a steel pole! You have awakened the beast. Mankind, how did he get there? How did he do what he did? Who has laid silent for a long time. How how did he get there? I don't
6: believe it! The Undertaker was inadvertently hit with his own urn! I've destroyed the Undertaker!
0: And the Undertaker! On one knee, as we've seen so many, many times before, the baddest man to walk the World Wrestling Federation. No! Oh! Until now.
6: How could The Undertaker possibly understand what has happened here? What a possessed Paul oh, Bear? Wait just a minute, look at
0: this! Mankind, up from the bottom of the ring! The Undertaker! down underneath the ring! Psychological warfare. Oh, wait a
6: minute! From the other side! The Undertaker coming up from the
0: depths! Will be the demise. The Undertaker's gone! The Undertaker's passed away! Of mankind. The Phenom is here! For every person who says, Aren't you ashamed?
6: This resembles a prison riot!
0: You've destroyed the Undertaker's fans, you fought them, Paid! They fought all over the building,
6: apparently! What a war between these two! I say it's about time! Mankind and the Undertaker
0: again going at me! Mankind, I will dig your grave. Oh, what? Well. I don't wanna be buried alive! You're not going to! You won't have a nice day. This is too short
2: for the Undertaker.
5: I am going to bury you alive. Mankind did what very few had been able to do, and that was defeat the Undertaker. Though Mankind won the first round, the war was far from over. The following pay-per-view, In Your House International Incident, The Undertaker was in a rematch with Goldust from two months earlier. Once again, history repeated itself. Just when it looked like The Undertaker was about to win the match, Mankind pops out from under the ring this time and attacks The Undertaker again. The two then battle it out all the way to the basement of the arena, which gave the WWE an idea and set up round two. The date is August 18th, 1996, at the pay-per-view SummerSlam. It was a night no Undertaker fan will ever forget. The Undertaker, man- Undertaker and Undertaker Mankind faced each other once again this time in the first ever boiler room brawl. The rules were that both men were to start out in the boiler room and fight their way to the ring where a Paul Bearer was holding his urn the first superstar to get in the ring and gain possession of the urn would be declared the winner. Very unique at its time and has never been done since. After countless drops to concrete floors and using any weapon that wasn't nailed down, they eventually made their way to the ring where the unthinkable happened. The Undertaker entered the ring first, extends his hands to take the urn, he raised his hand up like he normally normally did, but Paul Bearer turns his back on him. Mankind ambushes the Taker from behind with the mandible claw. Paul Bearer then bashes the Undertaker in the head with the urn and hands it over to Mankind, giving him the win again. Now, decisively, the Undertaker truly has found his equal in Mankind as he now has defeated him twice in a 3-month time span. Mankind 2, Undertaker
3: 0. 1996, there arose a beast, the likes of which had never been seen. For the first time, the fury of the dark side was unleashed on mankind.
6: Paul Bear on his way to ringside and, of course, the winner of the Boiler Room Brawl must indeed take possession of the urn out here in the arena. I think Paul Bear, quite frankly, is very, very concerned for The Undertaker in this matchup and perhaps rightfully so. And holding that sacred vessel for The Undertaker as the match now is ready to begin. We know conclusively mankind is in that boiler room someplace.
5: Another decisive win under his belt now. Mankind was officially the number one contender for the WWF championship. Mankind was in a classic match against the heartbreak kid Shawn Michaels until Vader came in to interfere, giving Michaels the win by disqualification. However, Mankind applied the mandible claw to Michaels, incapacitating him. As Mankind was about to roll Michaels into the casket, he brought out to ringside with him at the time. Paul Barra opened up the casket and out popped The Undertaker a taste of mankind's own medicine, and both battled their way to the back again. It was clear that the WWE wasn't big enough for both of them, and they would meet once again in one of the most bizarre matches in WWF history. The date was October 20th, 1996, and the event was called In Your House Buried Alive. The Undertaker and Mankind will meet again for the third time in five months on pay-per-view, this time in a Buried Alive match. The first person to put their opponent in a created ringside grave and cover him with dirt will be declared the winner of the match. In a match that featured Mankind nailing The Undertaker with a spike and The Undertaker wailing Mankind with the steel ringside steps, and hitting a big steel chair leg drop on Mankind's head, The Undertaker hit his tombstone pile driver and carried Mankind over to the grave. The Undertaker then reversed the mandible claw and choke Mankind right into the grave and covered him with dirt, giving the Undertaker the win. Mankind 2, Undertaker 1. Even as the match was over, The Undertaker continued to pile dirt on Mankind. He wanted to bury him alive until The Undertaker was nailed from behind with a shovel by a man in a mask, known as The Undertaker. It was Terry Bam Bam Gordy at the time, under a mask. The Executioner attacked The Undertaker. Paul Bearer, The Executioner, together got Mankind out of the grave and put The Undertaker in. And they covered him with dirt, gold dust, crush, Triple H... Justin Hawk, Bradshaw all came out to help Paul Mankind and the Executioner bury the Undertaker Thunder began to start and a lightning bolt hit the gravesite and the Undertaker's hand shut out showing that he is still alive an image that will be forever remembered as an Undertaker classic Jim
6: Ross and folks it's a special interview tomorrow hitting newsstands everywhere you can catch that interview but I want to hear what he's got to last say last night at SummerSlam in the corner room brawl Mankind entering the boiler room. The Undertaker also entering the boiler room. Two men putting their bodies, their anatomies on the line. Slamming off concrete walls, off concrete floors. Putting it all on the line. And then finally, The Undertaker and mankind come to the arena. In the gun arena. The Undertaker has the match won. No way. And when he reaches for the urn, you turn your back to him. And then later, you strike the undertaker right in the head with the urn, the yeah. death sentence, as it has been called. Death My question, Mr. Paul Bear, is why destroy the legacy? There it is, the death blow right
0: there. Why? Because I.
6: The Undertaker. The essence of The Undertaker is right here in Wheeling, West Virginia. It's not The Undertaker, it's mankind. That's right, it's mankind. Mankind has the feeling
0: now,
4: Boy, mankind
0: he's... has the power now. That is a spirit you feel.
6: Mankind also has the mandible claw that champion Shawn Michaels has felt. Yeah, Shawn the Michaels has felt it on one occasion. But on September the 22nd, with the title on the line, you have a chance, mankind, that's where you are the gold. And, and once again, you eyes are to on the champion.
0: You know, Jimmy, my body is still racked in pain from the boiler room roll. And I love it! But you remember this, and remember it real good, since my birth in the WWE winning has never been my priority it the was here? simply a way to create more misery for my opponents but now Paul Bearer has shown me Look, he looks that by defeating Shawn Michaels and In Your House for the WWE title not only will I make Shawn Michaels the least sexy boy toy yeah. in the world yeah. In one night, I will have the chance to destroy the lives of the millions of the clique all around the world. Oh, that'll be great! And that, Tim Ross, makes me happy. You see, it's a very simple. One, two plan. One, I put Shawn Michaels' shoulders on the mat for a count of three, and then number two. I put his shoulders on a hospital bed
6: for eternity. You know what this is all about. He's here. He's here. The Undertaker's not gone. You can feel the presence of the Undertaker. We can all feel the presence of the Undertaker.
0: The
2: has gone? Nobody's seen Undertaker. The Undertaker's so the
0: passed room. away! Oh, oh great. Oh, yes, he has! He's gone, Freddy Tatty! No. Oh, wait a minute!
2: I can't see a thing! What? Get some lights on oh, here! Light. No! Where's oh, my.
0: Light? Where is he? Is he here? A cold wind is just blowing.
6: I don't believe this. He's not here! He's not here that what's I that touching me? Here. Jim Ross needs to get out of there. He's not, he's I need to get out of here. He's I know he's gone. Oh no. What is that? It's that music again. What's that? Oh my god. It's it's the undertaker. That's the way he was left. That's the way he left SummerSlam. He carried out He is dead. Oh no, not
0: the Undertaker. It's simply
6: it's dried up,
0: dead carcass. they call calling your house mind games. catch on Michael C. The Undertaker tried to play my game, and now he's history. This is all my plan, Jim Ross. What? This is just the body. He has passed away. He is not here. This is just a decaying corpse. Formerly the so-called phenom of the World Wrestling Federation, yes, yes. The Undertaker. But you know, Jim Ross, he will never rest in peace. Look at All him. the vermin, all the maggots, all the worms are digging at his body right now, <laughs> eating his flesh. Yes, but you know, the worms and the maggots, they're probably spitting his flesh right back out. Because the Undertaker is nothing. He was never nothing without Paul Bearer. He'll never be nothing again. And now we're going to bow our head in a little
5: silence because here is the corpse of the Undertaker. This is like some kind of ceremony they're going to have. The the, the Undertaker's finally taking the big dirt nap. He's ready for it. I cannot believe it.
0: It's now time for the wake. Would everyone please bow your head? The Undertaker is gone. Gone forever. Yes, he is. No. Oh, yes. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, my. I do not believe this. Get out of there, Paul. Save yourself. The
6: Undertaker is on his feet. I did not finish the Undertaker. Oh! Oh! Oh my! Paul Bearer Mankind—they just ran past us. They're going at the—they're going at the back of the arena. I've never experienced anything like that in my entire life.
5: Wrestling fans, it's time to pay some bills. And like Tony Schiavone always said, our cameras will be rolling. And if you miss any action during the break, we will have it for you when we return. So don't go anywhere as Beyond the Bell on the SNS Radio Network continues.
2: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, you. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Have you checked out the new Unplugged on Friday night? Well, if you haven't, make sure you check out the new unplugged Friday nights with JJ Sexy at 1030 Eastern Standard Time,
1: 830 Mountain Standard Time, where JJ covers Smackdown video games and whatever the hell else he feels like. See you in chat.
2: I'm WWE superstar John Cena with a very important
0: message for all of our fans. WWE superstars are professionally trained performers. The moves that we do in the ring take years of practice to perfect and do safely. I urge all of our fans never try and copy what we do in the ring at home or at school. Stay safe.
6: Don't try this.
0: Wrestling matters to me because it is who I am. When you think of Kurt Angle or the name Kurt Angle, the word wrestling always seems to come up. It's what I've done my whole life. It's what I was destined to do. Whether it be an amateur or pro wrestler, I was destined to become the greatest wrestler in the world, and that's who I am.
4: Don't miss Impact Wrestling, Thursdays at 9 on Spike. Impact Wrestling. Wrestling matters again.
0: Let me tell you something. Nobody knows more about being cool than the hitman. And let me tell you something. It is not cool to smoke. Be a survivor and don't smoke. No one. No one.
1: No one.
2: No one likes a bully.
0: Whether it's verbal, physical, or cyberbullying.
2: There's no place for bullying.
0: Not
1: in school. In the playground.
2: Or on the internet. Join Creative Coalition, the NEA, GLAAD, and the WWE as we put an end to bullying.
0: Once and for all, don't be a bully. Be a star.
2: Show tolerance and respect.
4: Can you dig it, you dig it? Dig it sucker? Sucka. Sucka. Hi, this is Booker T, the
0: five-time WCW champion, as you listen listening to SNS Radio Network. You you Sunday night showdown.
5: Welcome back, wrestling fans, to BTB on the SNS Radio Network. The following month, The Undertaker and Mankind would meet once again. This time at Madison Square Garden in New York City at the Survivor Series on November 16th. The Undertaker came down supporting a new look, ready to do battle with Mankind for the fourth time at six months on pay-per-view. The stipulation of this match was Paul Bearer was to be suspended above the ring in a steel cage to keep him from interfering. And if The Undertaker won, he would get five minutes alone in the ring with Paul Bearer. All the previous battles between the two men were classics, and this one was no exception, as both men battled, including fighting in the audience where the Undertaker backdropped Mankind over the guardrail, down to the concrete floor. Eventually, the Undertaker hit his tombstone on Mankind and scored the victory. It was now tied, two to two. The cage began to lower, and the Undertaker was just about to get his hands on Paul Bearer until the Executioner came out and ambushed the Undertaker once again, saving Paul Bearer. It was clear that The Undertaker wanted to do away with Mankind's partner, the Executioner. So to finish out 1996, The Undertaker fought the Executioner at the December pay-per-view called In Your House, It's Time. However, this was no ordinary match. It was known as an Armageddon match. Once a contestant is pinned, he has 10 seconds to resume. If he cannot, the match is over. Obviously, since there was no disqualifications or countouts in this match, Mankind ultimately made his presence known in the match, and it became a handicap encounter. This match featured The Undertaker and Mankind tearing the house down, literally as Mankind was thrown right through the In Your House entrance set. The Undertaker battled the Executioner all throughout the arena, including outside, where The Undertaker threw the Executioner in a fountain. Meanwhile, back in the arena, Mankind, not officially in the match, was maced by security and put into a straitjacket. The visual is so great for that. The Undertaker continued to beat Mankind in any way possible and then hit his tombstone on the Executioner in the ring and pinned him. The Executioner could not resume after that, and The Undertaker is declared the winner. We roll to WrestleMania 13. After going through a six-year drought without winning the WWE Championship the Undertaker finally won the championship from Psycho Sid Vicious. However, The Undertaker's old friend Mankind wanted to renew their rivalry immediately after The Undertaker won the title. He renewed it, all right, you could say, including burning The Undertaker on Monday Night Raw with a fireball. That set the stage for their meeting, for the, well, you could say their first meeting together in 1997. And it was also the first time these two men fought each other for the WWE Championship. It was April 20th, 1997, at In Your House Revenge of the Taker. And boy, did he ever get his revenge. These two men wanted each other in the worst way possible. This match featured Mankind breaking a glass pitcher over the Undertaker's head and bashing a steel chair on the Undertaker's already burnt face. Then, not one, but two referees got knocked out in the melee and Mankind brings in the steel steps. Right when he's about to bash the Undertaker with them, the Undertaker drop kicks the steel steps right onto mankind. Then he wails them in the head with the steel chair. This was it was crazy. The Undertaker then throws mankind into the ropes and getting his head tied up in them. And the Undertaker takes takes off mankind's mask. You couldn't believe it. Mankind was unmasked. As mankind gets to his feet on the ring apron, the undertaker grabs the steel steps and nails mankind with them right off the apron through the announcer's table head first. That visual is still shown to this day. I think you see it also in the, the do not try this at home. Under man, Mick Foley went head first into the announcers table that was never seen before. Basically he created a hole in the center of the table via his head. A choke slam and tombstone later, the undertaker retains the title. Mankind 2, Undertaker 3.
0: The rains have now stopped. But it's only the, quiet, the quiet before the real, real storm. storm. Buried, Buried alive. alive. Who could have thought that it would come to this? Each time you escape the clutches of these purple fists. You grew stronger, yet more evil. So you see, you've left me with no choice. I must now be your judge, your jury, and your executioner. If it takes destroying the Undertaker to destroy you, mankind, well, then that's what I will do. You must be extinguished. Why don't you try and imagine what those last few breaths of air will taste like? Try and imagine what it would be like. Try, try to pull your, your way, way out, out of a unhonest pit. Try to imagine. The final thing you will ever see.
5: The Undertaker wasn't through yet. He trapped Paul Bearer in a corner and did to him what Mankind did to the Undertaker a few weeks earlier. He burned Paul Bearer with a fireball. With a fireball, and he and Mankind cowardly retreated to the back in the locker room, arm in arm. The final chapter of this brutal rivalry takes place more than a year after this last encounter. Mankind wanted to renew his rivalry rivalry with The Undertaker one last time. And did so at the 1998 King of the Ring. In one of the most memorable matches in professional wrestling history. Not just in the feud's history. It was the two year anniversary of when these two superstars first met. In 1996, King of the Ring was was the first encounter. This match, this final match that these two men would face each other, would go down as one of the most brutal and memorable matches in WWF history. For the sixth and final time on pay-per-view, The Undertaker and Mankind would meet each other one final time. This time in one of the most vile, dangerous dangerous matches. Hell in a Cell. Mankind came to the ring with a steel chair and climbed up to the top of the cell and called out the Undertaker to start the match on top of the cage. You knew you were in for a treat right away. Undertaker gladly accepted and began to climb the cage. After several minutes of battling on top of the cage, the Undertaker then literally threw Mankind off the top of the cell and through the announcer's table below. After several minutes of being laid out, they put Mankind on a stretcher and began to wheel him out. But he surprisingly got off and began to climb up the cage once again. This time, after a headbutt and right hand, the Undertaker then chokeslammed Mankind right through the top of the cell, down to the ring below. Mankind kept mounting an offense, but after being thrown more than 16 feet twice, it was clear that the Undertaker was dominating. In one last act of desperation, Mankind then brought out a bag. And it was filled with thumbtacks that he pour, that he poured all in the ring. He managed to get the mandible claw on the Undertaker, but the Undertaker lifted him up on his back and dropped him right on the thumbtacks. Then the Undertaker grabbed Mankind by the throat and chokeslammed him onto the tacks. Finally, a tombstone piledriver later, and The Undertaker picked up the victory and ended a rivalry that was not only one for the ages, but truly one of a kind. And it ended with Undertaker 4, Mankind 2. And that match alone created a superstar in Mick Foley. It created a future Hall of Famer in Mankind. The fans started cheering Mankind as well as the Undertaker cheers increased so did the Mankind cheers. The respect the fans grew for him was tremendous and in turn that one match set him up for his first ever WWE World Championship victory. That match made Mankind in WWE history. And any hardcore match will forever live up to the to that hell-in-the-cell encounter between The Undertaker and Mankind. From interviews, promos, from specialty matches, to just basic brawls, boiler room to hell in a cell The Undertaker and Mankind did it all together. It was the definition of a true, brutal, and storied rivalry. It had twists and turns. It had a heel turn from an illustrious and momentous manager in Paul Bearer. It added new stars into the creation of the Executioner coming out, Terry Bam Bam Gordian attacking The Undertaker. And each match meant something in the feud. It was able to relive an anniversary of their initial encounter from the '96 King of the Ring and revolutionized hardcore wrestling in the Hell in in a Cell environment in the 1998 King of the Ring. It redefined a career in mankind as the fans finally were able to see the amount, the, 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 the toll mankind Mick Foley took on his body on a nightly basis. It also cemented the legendary iconic figure known as the Undertaker. The fans grew to respect The Undertaker because he was able to survive on his own without Paul Bearer for the first time in his career. He didn't need Paul Bearer to be successful. The legend still lived on, and he was able to battle through boiler rooms, hell in a cell, buried alive matches, and still come out on top and overtake what was known as his greatest rival of all time. So I I truly feel that the mankind Undertaker Rivalry will forever be known as one of the most brutal, vile, and entertaining feuds of all time. The
6: pain that these two men are preparing to endure is inhuman. This makes you sick, makes your blood curl. Undertaker fighting back. He's fighting back. They're round of wellness, folks. He's standing. This is absolutely amazing.
5: With that, fans, let's roll now to the Beyond the Bell mailbag, the BTB mailbag, sponsored by the SNS Radio Network. Check us out each week on the Sunday Night Showdown Radio Network. You can listen to all archive shows on SNS Radio Network.com. What a great site. Check out the forums as well. I definitely suggest to be involved on, on the forums, especially archive listeners such as yourselves, um, as I think it's a great avenue for you fans out there to get your voice known throughout the SNS Radio Network. This week, Scott from New Jersey, my hometown, has an email for us. He asks, Sean, great show last week. Really enjoying the Beyond the Bell series. What was your favorite Mick Foley character since you're talking about the Mankind Undertaker feud this week? Keep up the good work. I cannot wait to hear the theme of the week. Thank you so much, Scott, for that email. Theme of the week, we'll get to, is going to be themed based upon your question about Mick Foley. My favorite Mick Foley character, I truly feel, was... I. It's... I loved Cactus Jack because he was so different. He had the witty personality. Um, Cactus Jack character was so unique in terms of the hardcore style and his promo work in ECW, which was so tremendous. But to me, I felt that the most entertaining and most diverse character of the three faces of Foley was his Mankind character. The Mankind character, not that initially debuted in the WWE. He was deranged. He was uh, a sickle fan, you could say. But I like the evolution of the Mankind character when he became the corporate stooge and he wore the uh, referee shirt and tie uh, and he had the... When he became WWE champion and he became the the quote-unquote dorky stooge, along with Patterson and Briscoe, and when the hardcore title was invented in the WWF at the time, and he was labeled the first-ever hardcore champion. uh, Because you saw the comedic side of mankind, you saw the deranged side of mankind, and there was a little bit of Cactus Jack thrown in there. So I feel that character was so unique of the three faces of Foley, and it was one of my... I think it is my favorite of the three sides of one Mick Foley. But the Mick Foley character in general... looking all personalities aside, that's a character in in himself. uh, The characters of Mick Foley is so diverse because we saw him come into a Royal Rumble with all three characters. We saw him basically uh, have promos in all three characters. People want him to come back as Cactus Jack on a consistent basis, but Mick Foley himself is one character, and I truly feel that if it wasn't for... McFoley, you couldn't just put any person in, in that Mankind character. McFoley made the Undertaker Mankind feud work so well because of his ability to be that deranged uh opposition to the Undertaker. The Undertaker was the monster in the WWE. He was the legend, he was the icon in the WWE. No one could beat him. So you needed someone not not to be just a mirror image of the Undertaker. We saw that Undertaker versus Undertaker at SummerSlam that wasn't going to work you needed somebody that was that villain that deranged villain like we saw the joker and batman and mankind was the first incarnation of the modern day joker he was that sadistic personality and McFoley was able to make that character his own and made the rivalry work so well so thank you so much scott for that email keep them coming Now, Beyond the Bell fans, let's take a look at the programming schedule for the upcoming weeks on the SNS Radio Network. As we finish another great episode and part of the Epic Encounter series, we take a look in the month of August to a new series, The Mania of Summer, the summer spectacular known as SummerSlam. So this is a two-part series that will start next week and will roll for the next two weeks in the early part of August, since August 14th is SummerSlam which is, you could say, arguably the second or third biggest pay-per-view of the year behind WrestleMania. Some could say Raw Rumble now has eclipsed SummerSlam, but at the time of its invention, SummerSlam was the number two pay-per-view of the year. So I thought we would break it down to a mania of Summer where we look at the greatest matches in SummerSlam history. So this is going to be a two-part series. The first part will be SummerSlam, the early days, and the part two will be SummerSlam, the modern-day era. So we'll take a look in part one from SummerSlam from its first year of invention, 1988, up until 1997 before the Attitude Era started to make its break and explode onto the scene. And then in Part 2, we'll take a look from the Attitude Era on into the 2000s and currently... ...in the world of professional wrestling. So it's going to be a great two-part series, the greatest SummerSlam matches of all time. So I'll recommend you fans out there, I'm going to start a thread where you throw out your greatest SummerSlam matches of all time... ...so we can possibly add them to the list. We'll be going chronologically, so we'll start out with SummerSlam, the first SummerSlam and move upward. So I'll start a thread up on SNSRadioNetwork.com where on the forum section where you give me your opinion on what SummerSlam matches were your favorites... So that will take us up until SummerSlam, August 14th. Those two episodes I'm extremely excited about. So get your suggestions out there, fans, as I want to hear your feedback from your greatest moments and matches in SummerSlam history. As for the theme, old-school theme of the week for you fans of Beyond the Bell, since we spoke about Mankind and The Undertaker in our main event of Beyond the Bell Epic Encounters Volume 4, I thought it was fitting to have the theme of the week come from One part of that historic feud, and that is Mick Foley. We'll take a look back, not at his WWF, WWE run, not his TNA run. We'll look back at his WCW run, and the old school theme of the week will be the Cactus Jack WCW theme. You'll sometimes hear overlaid from his Cactus Jack WWE theme. They'll throw the WCW theme and uh, overlay it on top due to, I think, legal rights. So you'll still hear the theme on Classics On Demand through. your cable provider, but I want to take a look back and listen. This comes from, I believe the WCW slam jam, uh, album that came out, I believe in the early nineties, uh, Ron Simmons was on it. The natural Dustin Rhodes, um, it had Johnny B. Badd's theme. So this will be cactus Jack's WCW theme from the early nineties as we'll wrap up the old-school theme of the week on this Epic Encounters Volume 4 edition. Thank you so much, fans, for joining us. Once again, btbwrestling at gmail.com. Also, check the forums out to to label and list your favorite SummerSlam matches of all time so we could possibly throw them in to our Mania of Summer series over the next two weeks. And possibly we're going to work on more uh, additional audio for you, fans with extra topics, possibly some more lists for you guys to listen to as you we occupy you on your drive from uh, drive home from work or from school, whatever the case may be. We thank each and every one of you for joining us on the SNS Radio Network. Plus, suggestions. Please send your suggestions as well for future shows coming up at Wrestling at gmail.com. Also, check out my website, www.ringannouncing.com. You can check out videos, audio for me announcing, past and Potentially future superstars in the world of professional wrestling. So that's www.ringannouncing.com. Also, shows are archived at beyondthebell.podbean.com as well as archived each and every week on snsradionetwork.com so once again thank you fans for joining us for another epic encounter edition volume 4 volume 5 is going to be very interesting so stay tuned we'll give you more details on that in the coming weeks but once again we're going to wrap things up with Cactus Jack's theme from WCW in the early 90s and we'll see you next week as we'll go Beyond the bell.
4: else He's not really much of keeping the action in the rain. Cause broken bones on a country floor are really more his thing He's not as a man can be, he ain't got no family, a long career is not expected, but he really doesn't care when he's in the circle square, he knows he'll soon end up ejected, he's not